the Mothman seems to bring doom and disaster with him wherever he goes. So we don't need bridge collapses anymore, okay? <laughs> yeah, what is up with the Mothman and bridges? Like, what is up your bridges, man? You don't like them. <laughs> Welcome back, or welcome, if this is your first time joining us, to Allied Rebels! We are your hosts, I'm Dee. And I'm Roxy. Yes, like I said, welcome back. We are into the best time of the year. Spooky time! Love spooky season. Oh yeah, it's literally the best. Um... And if you don't agree, that's okay. That's okay. Not even going to say you're entitled to your own wrong opinion this time. Um, you're just wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, you know, being spooky time, we're going to be talking about one of my favorite creatures of all time. Mothman. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm already scared. I love it. I love it. So, let's start off like we normally do. What's new with you, Roxy? Um, okay, so the first thing is we finally finished Resident Evil Zero. Woo! Yeah! Um, and it was really fun. It's, you know, a game from its time, but it's super nostalgic. And we were saying that I think it deserves, along with Resident Evil, the first one, a remake. In the style of, like, the new... The new ones, yeah. yeah. Resident Evil 2 and Resident Evil 3 remakes. I concur. Yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah, that was really fun. And uh, every time we'd be playing... Uh, we'd like be singing that bodyguard song. <laughs> What's it called? Not bodyguard song, but uh, it's called <laughs> You Can Call Me Al uh, by Paul Simon. And it was just, it fits so perfectly. Okay. It's like Rebecca singing, like, You can be my bodyguard. Uh, <laughs> I, I thought you were talking about uh, I Will Always Love You by Whitney Houston for no. Bodyguard. I was like, What? Okay. <laughs> Okay, I, I mean, that kind of went by. <laughs> I could see her singing that. Right. I mean, you know, but. Just, you know, to break the tension. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and then, uh, so anyway, so that was really fun because uh, I had those songs stuck in my head forever uh, the whole time we were playing. <laughs> yeah. I can be your last pal. Okay, anyway. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I watched the VHS movie for the first time. I personally thought it was pretty interesting. I thought it was cool, and I told you i'd recommend it for you to watch it since mm-hmm. you love scary movies um it's different than what i thought it was going to be i think you were thinking along the same lines that it might be like a ring knockoff but it's not so yeah anyway i don't want to spoil it for you i was gonna say so. you know i hate spoilers yeah so. so i'm not gonna spoil it for you but i think you should watch it uh, i thought it was better than what i thought it was gonna be um same thing with the sinister movie i really liked it and I was looking up um, just stuff about them. I always, after I'm done with the movie, I always go on Google and on Wiki, everything about it. Oh, yeah. Like, it was on it, you know, all that stuff. But there was this article, and it was like, according to science, it was like one of the scariest movies because it got people's heart rate up the most. Okay. It was a good list. Yeah. Um, and we'll have to talk about that later. Okay. Like, it was really a, actually a good list. Um, But anyway, so... Yeah, I've just been on a roll with scary movies. So, yeah, because it's the season. <laughs> it's the season to yeah. be scary. Fa la 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 la. Boo. <laughs> I was just going to do chainsaw sounds. <laughs> yeah, it's perfect. That's, that's perfect. Uh, all right, so what's up with you, D? Um, I've been playing a lot of Sims lately. Like a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. Because uh, they have that werewolf pack now. And I mean, I've had that since like it got released, which normally I don't do that. Normally I wait for everything to go on sale. I won't do it. Uh-uh, you're not getting my full money, honey. <laughs> um, but for some reason I needed that. And then I thought I was purchasing something else, but apparently I had the high school pack in my cart. I think I was just trying to see what the price was um, and I accidentally bought it which sucks because that was like 
a ton of money, $40, yeah. uh, <laughs> on top of what I already had in the cart. And so I was just like, okay, it's fine. I just won't eat for a couple of days. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Just eat ramen. You're it's fine. fine. Yeah. Um, but I haven't gotten to that part yet. Like the kids that I'm raising right now aren't high school level yet. So I don't have that. them in high school. So I don't know anything. I've seen other people play it, but I haven't played it personally. So I don't know how that's going to go, but I'm excited. Um, and then after all that, uh, I'm going to start DMing again for D and D. Um, but this time it's not any campaign that I made myself. It's a water deep campaign and I've got to figure out a way to incorporate my character from the last D and D that we played for almost three years now. Um, because I miss her already and I'm not even completely done with that campaign yet, but I'm already going through withdrawals. So yeah, it's a long time to commit. So yeah. Yeah. And she's pregnant. She's about to have her kids. So I'm like, I need to figure out how to bring them into it too. It's going to be fun. Moving on <laughs> to our light news segment. What's new in the gaming world? So in games, pretty interesting stuff. So one of the first games that's coming out, it's called A Plague Tale Requiem. And it's a sequel to the award-winning adventure, A Plague Tale Innocence. And it's coming out PS5, Xbox Series XS, PC, and in-cloud version on Nintendo Switch. And that's coming out October 18th. Embark on a heart-rendering journey into a brutal, breathtaking world and discover the cost of saving those you love in a desperate struggle for survival. Strike from the shadows or unleash hell with a variety of weapons, tools, and unearthly powers. Um, that looks super cool. I liked it. I like that. Um, dang it, I don't remember her last name, but Daisy, the actress that played Rey in Star Wars. Yes. She's the main character in it, and it's it just looks really good. It does. The graphics are good. Everything about it, it's just... The style is just nice. It's kind of dark. Um... Yeah, uh, I played the Innocence one, and then I got like three-fourths of the way through it, and my file was corrupted, like, for some, or it got lost. I can't remember what the thing mm -hmm. was, but I'm pretty sure, and I was just like, I'm not playing it anymore. Yeah. I'm done. That's, yeah. But after watching the previews and stuff for it, I'm like, ah, I should finish that. It was fun. Kind of, I'll go back to it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, that's hella frustrating. That's one of the worst feelings as a gamer, I think. Seriously. Losing all your progress, so. But maybe worth a shot trying again. Yeah, true, true. Um, all right, there is Mario in Rabbids Sparks of Hope coming out on the Switch exclusively October 20th. The Mushroom Kingdom has been torn apart by a mysterious vortex transporting the chaotic rabbits into this once peaceful land. To restore order, Mario, Luigi, Princess Peach, and Yoshi must team up with a whole new crew, four rabid heroes. Together, they will battle with weapons through four worlds filled with combat puzzles and unpredictable enemies. Uh, that looks super cute. <laughs> it does. I want to play it so bad. Yeah. Um, I've never played a Rabbids game, but I've always like seen them, and they always look goofy, and you uh -huh. know, and uh, yeah, kind of reminds me of like the Minions vibe, I guess, but better. Oh, okay. <laughs> I know. Uh, but uh, yeah, no. Anyway, yeah. I just I think I'd like to play that. I, I do. I want to play it too, but I didn't realize that there's going to be puzzles in it, so it makes me want to play it even more. Yeah. You know, we love our puzzles. Hell yeah. Um, and then there's Gotham Knights coming out on the PC, PS5, Xbox, dun, dun, SS. Uh, coming out October 21st. Batman is dead. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I don't like that line at all, but uh, he'll always live on spirit. A new expansive criminal underworld has swept the streets of Gotham City. It is now up to the Batman family, Batgirl, Nightwing, Red Hood, and Robin to protect Gotham, bring hope to its citizens, discipline to its cops, and fear to its criminals. 
From solving mysteries that connect the darkest chapters in the city's history to defeating notorious villains in epic confrontations, Gotham Knights is an open-world action RPG set in the most dynamic and interactive Gotham City yet. Patrol Gotham's five distinct boroughs in solo or in co-op and drop in on criminal activity whenever you find it. Your legacy begins now. Step into the night. Yeah, that looks really good. Looks really fun. I like the fact that it's co-op. I did not realize it was co-op. Mm-hmm. Because I read through it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, whatever. Yeah. But, and I didn't pay attention to, it, the, like, that aspect of it in the trailers. So, mm-hmm. I'm so excited. I know. <sighs> that would be a fun one. I loved, okay, I know a lot of people didn't like it, Arkham Knight. I love that game because of how often you got to drive the Batmobile, which... Apparently, a lot of people hate it. I don't care. I still like I think it. That's weird that yeah. people hate a big part of it's because, Batman. Like, I don't well, know. I will say some of the driving missions were very frustrating. Like what you had to do, like certain ways you had to do it. It was that was annoying. But like for the most part, I had hella fun playing that game. So <laughs> yeah, I think that GTA experience has helped you a lot. Probably in that game. I've only played hours upon hours upon hours upon hours of GTA. I don't know what you mean. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and then we have Scorn, and that one's coming out on the PC and Xbox XS October 21st. Scorn is an atmospheric first-person horror adventure game set in a nightmarish universe of odd forms and somber tapestry. It is designed around the idea of being thrown into the world, isolated and lost inside this dreamlike world, you will explore different interconnected regions in a non-linear fashion. The unsettling environment is a character itself. That one looked really cool. It did. The thing that I like the most about it, it kind of feels like, like the style of it feels a little like um, Skyrim. Oh, Just like the detailing yeah. of the graphics and all that stuff. Yeah. So I was like, ooh, I don't like it. Skyrim, but spoopy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Bayonetta 3 coming out on the Switch October 28th. Time to Bayonetta's naughtier side with Ooh. Demon Masquerade, a new ability that channels a demon linked to her weapons, allowing for some exciting action options, not to mention some hair raising combos. She can also summon her demonic darlings like Gamora, Malfas, and Phantasma Renee during battle. Hope I said it right. My bad. Um, <laughs> unleash their demonic powers in the heat of combat and in new larger-than-life battles where you directly control the action. I never played a Bayonetta game, but uh, I just know her from Smash Bros. And uh, she looked cool. She looked interesting. I just thought she was just like a you know a nerdy guy's like wet dream right. basically because she's yeah like, super cute. She has like the light yeah. girl glasses. So. But hey, this one looked really fun. Uh, I tried to play the first. I thought it was the second one. But like looking back on it, it's the first one I tried to play. And I didn't really like the play style. I couldn't get past how she looked like um, a nerd's wet dream. Like I just... <sighs> I was sick of female characters looking that way mm-hmm. constantly. So I was like, ugh. But this game does look really, really fun, and she's more clothed than she was previously, so I'm like, maybe I'll enjoy this one. Yeah. Yeah, I like the the whole demon stuff. That's pretty cool. So, yeah. Um, And then, just a really quick jab. Um, I mentioned, I mean, Modern Warfare 2. It's a sequel coming out on the PC, PS5, PS4, basically everything because, yeah, they just, yeah. Because it's Modern Warfare. Um, It's coming out October 28th, and this is going to be a sequel to the 2019 game. It's not a remake of the 2009 title of the same name. Why? Why? That's all I can say. Why? Ka-ching, ka-ching, ka-ching. I, yeah, okay, I uh, just... There's so many names you could pick. Why? Okay. I guess you own the name. I guess it's fine. But that it just doesn't make sense to me. If it's not a remake, why are you calling it that? But whatever. It's fine. <laughs> it, whatever. It's their prerogative. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
So, there's only a few movies. Movies? There's only a few. <laughs> there are only a few movies that I'm going to talk about today. The first is Black Adam. Uh, it comes out October 21st. It's rated PG 13. Black Adam, a corrupted ancient Egyptian predecessor of Captain Marvel, fought his way to the modern times to challenge Captain Marvel and his Marvel family associates. But he becomes a corrupt anti-hero attempting to clear his name. Um, I think the only person who could possibly save the DC Universe is Dwayne The Rock Johnson, and that's who Black Adam is, so maybe there's potential there, but you're talking to a Marvel fan, so... To me, there's never been hope for DC except for Batman. So, oh, and Jason Momoa. But I mean, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I never heard of this Black Adam character, but I know that he's a big deal. So, I do like DC mainly because of Batman. Mm -hmm. So, I do wish that their the you know their movies would do better outside of the Batman franchise. I'm saying, you know, like the rest of them would be as good. Um, so, I mean, I want to see it and uh, we'll see what this character and what this actor and what this movie will do for their franchise. It looks interesting and I might go see it. I probably will. Y you will. <laughs> Knowing so, uh, our group of friends. Yeah. That's why I was like, that's the only reason I probably would go see it in the theaters. So, yeah. I mean, it looks good. So, I won't be bored. Yeah. And then we have... Ticket to Paradise coming out on October 21st. DMCA. Oh, sorry, DMCA. DMCA. Um, Academy Award winners George Clooney and Julia Roberts reunite on the big screen as exes who find themselves on a shared mission to stop their love-struck daughter from making the same mistake they once did. Eh. It looks okay-ish, I guess. Mm -hmm. I am finding myself less and less into the whole, I don't know, rom-com-ish kind of. I want a really good rom-com. That's what I want. It just doesn't do it for me. Mm -mm. Now, however, <laughs> this one, Pray for the Devil, comes out October 28th. It's rated PG-13. Sister Anne believes she is answering a call to be the first female exorcist. But who or what called her? In response to a global rise in demonic possessions, Anne seeks out a place at an execution. Execution? Whoa. Whoa, shit, son. The good <laughs> stuff just got real. <laughs> an exorcism school <laughs> reopened by the Catholic Church. Until now, these schools have only trained priests in the rites of exorcism. But a professor recognizes Anne's gifts and agrees to train her. Thrust into the spiritual front line with fellow student Father Dante, Sister Anne finds herself in a battle for the soul of a young girl who Sister Anne believes is possessed by the same demon that tormented her own mother years ago. Determined to root out the evil, Anne soon realizes the devil has her right where he wants her. Oh man, that one looks really good. It does. It does. I'm a sucker for a demon, like uh huh. Those type of paranormal movies. Mm, chef's exactly. Chris. Yeah. That's because man, to think if that sh actually would happen to you. Uh yeah. Mm mm. That shit is yeah. frightening. If you believe in that, and if that's happened to you, that's scary as hell. That's so. a no thanks Tom Hanks situation. <laughs> <laughs> what did Tom Hanks ever do to you, girl? I love Tom Hanks. <laughs> but if he was a demon, I don't want him. <laughs> True that. Ugh. And the next movie is probably the most guttural, heart-wrenching movie that has come out almost ever. It's Till coming out to all theaters on October 28th. It's not rated. Till is a profoundly emotional and cinematic film about the true story of Mamie Till, Mobley's relentless pursuit of justice for her 14-year-old son, Emmett Till, who in 1955 was lynched while visiting his cousins in Mississippi. In Mamie's poignant journey of grief turned to action, we see the universal power of a mother's ability to change the world. 
in this description does not really do it justice because he wasn't just lynched, okay? He was not just lynched. And, uh, this, uh, I want to see it. And I think I'm going to go see it. I'm just going to have to have 50 million boxes of tissues with me. And I'm just, I'm going to have to watch it, you know? Yeah, this one's going to be one probably that I'll skip the theaters for. I'll watch it at home because I'll be in my safe safe place. (laughs) Because that is, uh, it's a very, very difficult topic. Very difficult story. Very fucking sad. And it's just, yeah. Definitely, I need your tissues for that one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, let's move on to a slightly scarier topic. <laughs> well, actually, no, that's utterly terrifying, too. A slightly more lighthearted topic. <laughs> Isn't that there. weird to say? Yeah. So, anyway, uh. <laughs> in November 1966, Eerie things begin to occur in the small town of Point Pleasant. Strange lights in the sky, mysterious men in black, and a flying red-eyed creature called Mothman change the small West Virginia town forever. That's from the Mothman Museum. Ooh, chills. <laughs> I'm so excited. Okay, sorry. Um... <laughs> A headline from the November 16th, 1966 edition of the Point Pleasant Register newspaper reads, Couples see man-sized bird, creature, something, an ominous headline fit for a very ominous creature. (laughs) Meet Mothman, a mix between A moth and a man. (laughs) First sighted in Point Pleasant, West Virginia by Linda Scarberry. Different sources say different things. Throughout the 1960s, many more people reported to have seen this creature and many more have witnessed him. Up until this very day. Damn, son. Oh, yeah. I can't. Okay, sorry. Go on. (laughs) So let's go back to the beginning. Let's go back. Let's go back. Where it started. Uh, So Point Pleasant, November 15th, 1966. Good times. Good times. Oh, yeah. Roger and Linda Scarberry and Steve and Mary Millette were driving together on State Route 62 near the abandoned National Guard Armory Building and Power Plant, known as the TNT Area, when they saw a menacing figure stumbling around, standing six or seven feet tall. In the headlights, giant eyes shone bright red. Terrified, Roger took off back to town with his passengers, but the creature followed. According to these eyewitnesses, the creature rose up like a helicopter. The Mothman, as it would later be called, kept pace with the car even as the car reached 100 miles per hour. Damn, son. Mm-mm. Or... Was it two gravediggers who were the first to spot this dreadful creature? Like we were saying earlier, mm-hmm. there's different accounts to this. Before the two couples encountered the Mothman, two gravediggers from Clendenin, which is a few miles east of Point Pleasant, saw a large creature with a 10-foot wingspan fly overhead while digging a grave. Then, three days later, the Scarberries and Millets had their run-in. Um, yeah, I mean... We both were looking up stuff, and we just came across two different accounts. There's one saying the group with Linda Scarberry saw it first, and then there's people saying that it was the two grave diggers that saw it first. Mm-hmm. So, and some say that there's more than two grave diggers. But you know what? We weren't alive then. We can't say who the actual first people were. So, we'll just credit them both. Yep. Um, <laughs> I'm sure they both them. saw. Oh yeah, totes, totes my goats. I don't know what that was. Sorry, guys. (laughs) (laughs) After these sightings, many more people have claimed to have seen the creature at different times. A year after the first sighting, it was spotted before the tragic events of the Silver Bridge collapse. December 15th, 1967, during rush hour on the only major road in and out of town, the bridge collapsed due to a small defect 46 people tragically lost their lives that day and two were never found. 
This is not the last time disaster has followed a Mothman sighting. Soon after the sightings of the Mothman, the sightings of the Men in Black began as well. Dun dun dun. I'm just saying, that's a little crazy. Mm-hmm. I just want to jam out to Men in Black song, right? though. Every time Here I hear it. Come Black. DMAC. DMCA. 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 <laughs> uh... So, this involves a lot of conspiracy theories. We'll get to those more later. But um, there are some theories of how it came to be. Uh, Dr. Robert L. Smith, who is an associate professor of wildlife biology at West Virginia University, dismissed the notion that a flying monster was stalking the town. Instead, he attributed the sightings to a sandhill crane which stands almost as tall as the average man and has bright red flesh around its eyes. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah, whatever. This explanation was compelling, especially given the number of early reports that had described the creature as bird-like. Some people hypothesized that this crane was deformed, especially if it resided in the TNT area, a name that the locals gave to a series of nearby bunkers that were once used for manufacturing munitions during World War II. It has been suggested that these bunkers have leaked toxic materials into the neighboring wildlife preserve, possibly affecting nearby animals. Alright, you know, that's a good theory. If you don't believe in paranormal things, obviously you're going to try to come at it in a mundane type of way, you know? Um, It's like you say, everyone's entitled to their own wrong opinions about it, Um, but we know the real reason, sheeple. Exactly, wake up sheeple. Another theory suggests that the creation of the Mothman was the work of one very committed prankster who went so far as to hide in the abandoned World War II munitions plant. This theory was proposed when the national press ran with the Mothman story. People who live in Point Pleasant began to panic. Locals became convinced that they were seeing Mothman and birds and other large animals, even long after the prankster had given up. But... It is worth mentioning that the Mothman legend bears a resemblance of several demon archetypes found among those who have experienced sleep paralysis, which may suggest that the visions are nothing more than the embodiment of typical human fears, pulled from the depths of the unconscious and grafted onto real-life animal sightings when people panic. Again, good in theory. Um, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> but I don't know. Like, you're claiming people are hallucinating while they're awake, which does happen. I will say that it does. But a group hallucination that could really only happen if you're doing drugs. And I know the um, Scarberries and the Mullets, they both were drug tested to ensure that they weren't like tripping on anything, you know? It was the 60s, I guess. Yeah. But. I don't know, man. You know, I guess we both have a different mindset about it because we do believe in paranormal activities and things like that. So I guess I'm trying to see it in the way that someone who doesn't believe in that stuff would try to think about it in a more, you know, like, oh, no, it was in the water type thing. Right. But uh, yeah, I don't know. But at the same time, it's like, to me, isn't like sleep paralysis proof that this stuff exists. Like, where would your sleep paralysis come from if it did not exist? You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, I totally agree with you. Yeah. The sleep paralysis thing, as I've had it a couple so times. Terrifying. Um, it is very terrifying. And uh, I come from the mindset of, like, this stuff is real. And um, if you've never been through it, you're lucky and that's good. Um, you're blessed. <laughs> you right. must have been a saint in your past life or something. But uh, mm-hmm. I'm just saying, yeah, as someone that's dealt with that stuff, we know the real reason. Just saying. Exactly. So the Mothman has made a lasting impression in the world of cultural phenomena, starting off with the book, The Mothman Prophecies, which came out in 1975. The book was written by John Keel which was an account of his investigation into alleged sightings in and around Point Pleasant, West Virginia, of a huge winged creature called Mothman. The book combines Keel's accounts of receiving strange phone calls with reports of mutilated pets and culminates with the collapse of the Silver Bridge across the Ohio River. 
um, when we used to do road trips, my sister would read books to me while I drove if like music wasn't keeping me up or vice versa. And this was one of the books along with I Am Legend, but that's just for a different story. Yeah, it's a good book. It's a really good book. Nice. I haven't gotten a chance to read it, but it sounds interesting. Mothman Prophecies, for some reason, just the name freaks me out. Like, it just invokes a feel of like, I don't know, I'm scared. Kind of <laughs> just like, not quite terror, but like dread. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. And then the Mothman Prophecies, the movie, came out on January 25th. 2002 just you know 20 years ago but who's counting Jeez, louise i know right the story follows john klein played by richard Gere, a reporter who researches the legend of the mothman still shaken by the death of his wife two years earlier from glioblastoma klein is sent to cover a news piece and ends up inexplicably finding himself in point pleasant west virginia where there have been sightings of an unusual creature and other unexplained phenomenon. So I really like it because it was like a psychological thriller more than anything, because they never actually show the Mothman and it just puts that like picture in your mind where you can make up the thing to look as creepy as you want to. And trust me, my brain does that. Uh, but yeah, it's a really good movie. I recommend it. Um, although I haven't seen it in a couple years, like, you know, 15 or so. So it might not hold up as well as I think it does. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's almost due for a remake at this point. <laughs> right. <laughs> Every 20 years. Yep. <laughs> um, but there've been several documentaries that have hit mainstream media. The Mothman's photographer in 2008 the Mothman of Point Pleasant 2017 and The Mothman Legacy 2020. And there's been a ton of random TV shows that talk about it and stuff like that. But that, you know, they're never like whole episodes. So um, I definitely want to watch some of those documentaries. I like documentaries. I know it's like a moving podcast. OK, <laughs> which we love. Exactly. So there are a bunch of stories of mm-hmm. people having encounters with the Mothman, and we're going to go over some right now. There's a Reddit user by the name of Happerfin, and this was their experience with the Mothman. They say, I grew up near Point Pleasant and was eight years old when these events happened. Everyone in the area was nervous and stories about who had seen the Mothman or one of the strange men in black popping up in town were everywhere. I was afraid to walk to school and my parents hid the newspapers for me so I couldn't read the daily news about the latest sightings. All of my classmates claimed to know someone who had seen the Mothman. The collapse of the bridge just before Christmas seemed to stop the collective spell that the Mothman had on all of us. That was pretty interesting. And like, I always think about that, like, what would it be like to go through it when it's happening? Especially a kid, like trying to remember stuff that happened when you're a kid sometimes it's like a blur Mm -hmm. but for them to remember it you know it's kind of like well yeah it definitely made an impression a big one still talking about it to this day yeah another reddit user godzilla asuri sorry if i butchered your name it starts off this story isn't mine but my grandmother's who lived with her boyfriend in point pleasant west virginia at the time of the mothman sightings This is a story of her encounter with the monster. Everything said here is in her own words. I simply typed them. Anyway, enjoy. I've always... No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Get grandma. I've always been a skeptic of things to do with paranormal. So when I heard this so-called Mothman sighting, I simply thought it was all just a hoax. Besides, I wasn't scared of pretty much anything because my dad was a U.S. Marine and I always carried a firearm on me for self-defense. Anyway, about two weeks after the first sighting, I was driving home late from work through the TNT area. It was about 11.40 p.m. and at this point it was pitch black for most part, so I was having trouble seeing through the darkness with my dim headlights. 
As I got about a mile and a half into the TNT area, I suddenly saw a large black mass in front of me, and I had to slam on my brakes in order to avoid hitting the damn thing. <laughs> yeah, I like this, Grandma. <laughs> saucy and sassy. Once I stopped the car a few feet away from this creature, I finally got a closer look. The creature stood completely still in the middle of the road and looked like an oversized stuffed animal with jet black fur. <laughs> That's funny. Like, <laughs> sorry. Just a big old teddy bear. Yeah. Um, like a giant fluffy mound. What the hell is this? I thought to myself as I reached for my bag. I wanted to get out my handgun because I didn't know if it was a bear or something else. However, as soon as my finger touched the buckle, I heard an audible whoosh sound. I looked up to see the animal had unfolded two massive wings, revealing a bird-like body with no head or neck. I was astonished as it stared at me with blood-red eyes, which glowed like that of a bicycle reflectors. I sat there frozen in horror as the animal let out a screech that sounded like it came straight from hell. After coming back to my senses, I decided I was getting the hell away from this thing now. I slammed my car into reverse and floored it. As I drove away, I watched the monster flap its wings, and with one swift motion, it took off straight up into the night and vanished. We moved to North Carolina six months later, and I haven't returned to the TNT area since. Flash forward to now, I'm still in shock. Yeah, dude. I would be too. I'm uh, just saying. Yeah. But I'm glad she was packing, though. <laughs> yeah. That, that helps a little bit. She's like, I ain't dealing with your bullshit. Get away from me. Oh, shit. Look at you. Okay, back up. All right. Next time, just get some, like, blessed bullets, like, salt <laughs> rock. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Yeah. Really, uh, Dean and Sam it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, pull Winchester. So another story from Reddit user Last Saint. So I've recently come across a video explaining different paranormal creatures people have come into contact with. Normally, I think these things are essentially bogus. However, one of them struck a chord with me. A couple of years ago, when driving home in Phoenix late at night, I witnessed something fly out of the big tree in front of my house. I will normally assume it was just a big bird, but this thing was huge and fast and dark. It flew across my street and over the house in a second. It had to have been at least six feet tall. What really scared me was that even though I had my headlights on, the creature was pitch black. That, yeah, that's freaky. Yeah. Now, many people claim that the Mothman, or so it's called, is really just an owl. I don't know if there are owls in Phoenix, but I do know that no owl I have ever seen is that massive or that fast. I literally sat in my truck, completely frozen for at least three minutes. I'm wondering if anyone else has had an experience with this thing because I feel like I'm just crazy. But at the same time, I know what I saw and I'm really having a hard time believing it was an owl. Yeah, honey, you yeah. came across the Mothman. That ain't no na now? That ain't no owl. <laughs> so the next story is quite long it's from live about it and the user's name was scarlet you will never believe what i saw one very cold dry november night my family and i moved into a house upon a hill on a little back road in a very small town of fort gay west virginia the population of my town was probably just a couple of thousand. My family and I were unpacking. I had not yet put the furniture in its rightful place and everything was still in boxes. Overwhelmed with working all day, I retired around 11 p.m. I put my little brother on the couch and it took his bed since my bed wasn't put together yet. His room faces the front of the house his window is around 20 to 25 feet off the ground. I was looking out the window when I saw it. It stood about seven feet tall. I had no idea what it was, but I was frozen. I had not been that scared all of my life. All I could do was lay there and stare at this thing. 
It was sitting in a tree about 50 feet or so off the ground, about 50 feet from my house across the yard. It felt like an eternity. I couldn't breathe. I couldn't blink. It had big, red, bright, glowing eyes looking dead into my face. I finally worked up enough courage to close my eyes and put my head under the covers when all of a sudden this thing smacked the window. Oh, hell no. Uh-huh. Um, you better get to stepping. Seriously, run, honey. <laughs> <laughs> and she continues, I went through the house screaming, There's something outside! I was crying. My mom and dad looked at me and said, What's wrong with you? It looks like you have seen a ghost. My face was snow white. I said, I don't know what it was, but please, daddy, don't go outside. I begged and I begged. He came back in and said there was nothing out there. I kept screaming, saying, yes, there is, there is, yes, there is. When I explained to them what I saw and how I felt, they said I was crazy. But to this day, I will not go outside by myself. And even in the day, someone still has to watch me to my car. I have heard of some crazy things going on up on that road, but I never expected to experience anything myself. My husband and I went to the theaters and watched Mothman Prophecies. I was reliving that night all over again. The way they described feeling and what I saw was remarkable. My husband looked over to me and said, isn't that what you described to me when we first started dating? I couldn't say a word. After that moment, I knew what I saw. I believe in all heart of my hearts that I saw the Mothman. It's just a little weird. I only live about 80 miles south of Point Pleasant, West Virginia, where it all took place 37 years ago. It was exactly 32 years to the month when I saw it. Dang, that's definitely chilling, to say the least. Yeah, I've got constant chills reading these stories. If you know the feeling, you know the feeling. For sure. So, a little goofy Mothman story. Um, I couldn't find the source of it, but still to this day, one of our mutual friends and I, we used to look at random stories all the time of different things. And the Mothman was the one that we were looking up that day. But um, in the story, they talked about different Mothman sightings and stuff. But one incident always stuck out. Um, it went something like this. A man walked into a bank or the Point Pleasant Museum and asked to borrow a pen. The person working gave them a pen like, uh, okay, here you go. The man looked at the pen and creepily smiled. Then he started laughing maniacally and ran holding the pen out in front of him. So it's not totally related to the Mothman, but it's a funny story nonetheless. Like, it was in Point Pleasant that it happened and the person <laughs> telling the story was just like, I stood there like, uh, okay, did that just happen? And <laughs> she looked out the door, like, after he ran, and he was totally gone. Like, he was nowhere after he ran out of the door. So she's like, I had only stood there for, like, maybe 10 seconds, so he shouldn't have gone too far. That is definitely creepy. Yeah. <laughs> we also have some experiences of our own, believe it or not. Um, yep. So for me, my experience with it was... Um, also, mind you, this just happened like literally a couple of weeks ago. I wouldn't say about a month or two ago. So When we had discussed what cryptid type thing we wanted to talk about. Yeah. And then shortly after that. That's what happened. Yeah. yeah. So that was kind of wild. Um, so basically, I just was walking to my car so I can go to work. And I noticed a little white moth just sitting on my car, like on the handle. But the thing is, as I was walking to it, I just got this, like, through my mind, the conversation that we had about talking about it, it, that wasn't the first thing that came to my mind. The first thing that came to my mind was just feeling dread. And now I just remember thinking, why do I feel uneasy? Like, I literally felt uneasy about this little creepy, cute little moth just sitting at my door. Like, okay. I kind of snapped out of it and shoot it away. But I just, like, I couldn't shake it off. Like, you know, I couldn't mm -hmm. shake off this feeling. And I just felt really scared. The first thing I thought about was like, oh my gosh, something's going to happen to me. <laughs> or, you so, know. Yeah. Yeah. But um, so anyway, that happened. And then like the next day, I got news that someone I know, their parent passed away. 
And I was just like, oh, dude, like, what the heck? Um, And then I got news, like, another day later that they were going to go into labor soon. And they have a premature baby. And that's really scary news. Yeah. So, um, yeah, anyway, it was just, I just thought that was so wild that, like, that stuff happened after I saw that. Right. You know? it, so. it was like a trifecta of just devastation almost. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, scary stuff. Anyway, so I uh, didn't see the Mothman, but I did think that that was a very um, just kind of coincidental type thing, you know? Mm-hmm. So, ugh. I don't want to see it. No, thank you. You don't. Want, <laughs> it's not an invitation. Me saying that I've never seen the Mothman. It's not an invitation for you to show up. Just saying. Just letting you know. Period. <laughs> thank you, universe. That's all. <laughs> well, mine was slightly different. Um. <laughs> <laughs> slightly. Just you know. Uh. Well, one night when I was about thirteen, I was heading to the store with my oldest sister and my parents. And this is the first time that my older sister, because I'm the youngest, spoiler alert, um, that my older sister was staying home alone, um, making her like 15, 16. And, you know, when you have that many people living in your house, four kids, two adults, you're not usually home alone very often. So, you know, but it was around seven o'clock at night in November. So it was very dark. The lamppost across the street from our townhome was burnt out. Um. But I was talking with my older sister and then we both noticed something floating above our house and our other sister was trying to talk to us, but neither of us were responding to her because we were both trying to figure out what the hell that thing was. Whatever it was, was freaking huge because this creature had a wingspan that took the front portion of our roof, which was 10 to 12 feet long. Um, so pretty big wingspan mm-hmm. and we could not figure it out whatsoever being it was so dark. But uh, we realized it was kind of flying like a bat, but not as gracefully as a bat can fly. (laughs) So it kind of just hovered there. We had a feeling of dread wash over us, and we told our sister to go back inside a couple times. She went to go look up at it, and we were like, do not look up, just go inside. And that's when she was like, oh shit. And she went inside but she was like, oh, they're trying to play prank on me because I'm home alone. All right. For the first yeah. time. Uh, yeah. You know, um, that's what I would have thought, too. I'd be like, all right, bitches. Yeah. OK. <laughs> right. Um, but neither my oldest sister and I spoke about it at first. We waited until we were like good distance away from the house or the townhome. And we talked about what we saw. and We saw the same exact thing. Um. The next day we told our other sister because we wanted to wait to tell her so we didn't creep her out. And this was also back in the day where we didn't really have cell phones to call or text or say, hey, there's going to be a crazy mothman flying over your head. Um, Right. (laughs) uh, We described it to her and we said it looked like a huge human sized bat creature for the most part, like what we could... um, From what you saw. From what we could see in the darkness. And it was black. So it was like against the black sky. Like it was hard to really see. So that's why it took us so long to stare at it. Neither of our parents looked up. Like they weren't affected at all. Mm -hmm. Like not even phased them a little bit. My mom does not remember that day at all. She was like, I don't know what you guys are talking about. And our dad's passed. So we can't ask him. But yeah, it was just crazy. But then a couple weeks before and after, some of our electronics started messing up. Our phones sounded like they were being tapped. Um, the radios would turn on without us touching them. And we definitely didn't have the money for the fancy radios with the remotes. Um, so, <laughs> you know, that we didn't accidentally sit on them or anything like that. Yeah. Um, but my oldest sister's radio was the worst and it kept turning on the most. So she just ended up unplugging it completely unless she was using it. Um, And all of this happened before we even knew the Mothman existed. And it was once we saw the movie and read the book that we're like, holy fuck. That's what it was. That's what it has (gasps) to be. Because like that feeling that everybody describes, it's I still I understand that feeling like deep down in my bones. I think you understand it now after having your experience. You may not have seen it, but yeah. yeah no, so. absolutely. Yeah. 
that's freaking crazy. I remember you telling me the story back in the day and just getting chills from hearing it. Mm-hmm. And every time you do that, it's the same feeling. Like, whoa. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's wild. Before we recorded, <laughs> I called my sister to just double check to make sure I got most of the story correct. So I wasn't, you know, like remembering things incorrectly. And then she goes, actually, our other sister is here now, too. Do you want to see what she remembers? Because I was like, oh, hell yeah. And yeah, that's when I got like her side of the story, too. And she was just like, yeah, I was like freaked out for a while. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, yeah, my... Okay, so my oldest sister and I are the people who love scary movies and stuff like that. Whereas my older sister, no, yeah, that's not for her. But she yeah. saw Chucky and she's done. <laughs> I love that. I'm sorry, I shouldn't laugh like that. I just laugh at that because I feel her pain. When I was little, I saw it, I was like, nope, you know. So meanwhile, I saw Freddy Krueger. I'm like, yeah, yeah, this psycho. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> So, as we were saying earlier, there's so many conspiracy theories involving the Mothman. You know, sightings didn't only happen in West Virginia. In fact, alleged sightings of the Mothman have occurred all over the world. Some conspiracy theorists believe he was at Chernobyl before the disaster, or when the plane struck the World Trade Center buildings on 9-11. Wild. I, I never heard about that, and when I did, I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Other sightings include the Mexican swine flu outbreak of 2009 and the 2011 nuclear disaster in Fukushima, Japan. Sightings were also reported from 2011 to its peak in 2017 in Chicago, where at least 55 people reported seeing the Mothman. So some other theories. Some link his mysterious arrival back to the 1700s. Chief Cornstalk, leader of the Shawnee Nation at the time, was wrongfully killed at Fort Randolph in 1777. Many believe he put a curse on the area just before he was killed. I'm just saying, they get what they get for fucking with the indigenous people. I'm just saying. Comeuppance. Mm-hmm. Another disaster that happened was the I-35 bridge collapse conspiracy in Minnesota. 13 people died and 145 were injured when the bridge on the Interstate 35 in Minneapolis, Minnesota gave way during rush hour on August 1st, 2007. After the disaster, people claimed to have seen a Mothman-like creature near the bridge about a month prior to the collapse. Unlike the collapse of the Silver Bridge in Point Pleasant, West Virginia, Reports of the creature came in only after the tragedy had occurred. Skeptics think that this may be a trick of the human memory and people twisting sightings of large heron or cranes into an ominous monster, but believers are beginning to wonder if perhaps the Mothman or similar flying humanoids are in fact paranormal portents of upcoming catastrophes. It's just, it's like we had said before, the Mothman seems to bring doom and disaster with him wherever he goes. So we don't need bridge collapses anymore, okay? <laughs> yeah, what is up with the Mothman and bridges? Like, what is up your bridges, man? They don't like them. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing worth mentioning is the Men in Black and how they come in with the Mothman. Um... I mean, we all know the Men in Black started with the UFO sightings and trying to cover up the tracks for that. Um, It happens quite often for all cryptid things. If you make yourself known that you've seen it, which we'll probably get visited to it. By the way, I'm single. Um, Men in Black. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) College girl D. Yeah. No. (laughs) Um, If you made your sighting known to the public... Sometimes not even to the public. You're just talking about it in public and somebody overhears and somehow they figure out that you have a sighting. You'll be visited by the men in black, be it, like I said, UFOs or other cryptids. Well, Mothman is no different. Um, (laughs) And several people say they've been visited. 
yeah, some people thought that they were government agents, some thought they were aliens, and some thought that they were time travelers or from another dimension or spiritual realm. Whoever they are, it's not just a Will Smith movie, okay? It's <laughs> They're real. It's real. But yeah, um, they usually travel in groups of two or three and have a knack of knowing things to taunt the witnesses with that only the witness should know. That's kind of like what I was saying before. Um, when you share things in public, you don't know who's listening or what's listening. So I'm just saying. The men in black seem to know a lot of stuff. Um, they know all your secrets. They do. There are reports of them being masters of illusion by being able to make themselves appear and disappear without a trace. Like magic. Mm-hmm. And some have reported them carrying sophisticated gadgets and one woman claimed to have the MIB erased part of her memory. So basically, Tom Lee Jones and Will Smith got it down. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. So yeah, much like in the movies, they're usually dressed from head to toe in black suits and white shirts, black ties and black shoes, which all appear to be perfect in appearance, but yet completely out of style for the time in 1966 and 67. Because back then, I feel like they were basically rocking out mustard yellow and <laughs> like, you know, obnoxious chartreuse green and like every shade of brown you can think of. Oh, probably, yeah. So they were said to ask people questions about the Mothman and told them not to speak about it. There's an account from a reporter named Mary Heyer in which she says that they question her about the creature. And she also mentions that these strange men never blinked their eyes. For some reason, I just picture Hugo weaving from The (laughs) Matrix. (laughs) Uh, Mothman witness Linda Scarberry said in an interview... The MIB wore black suits, black hats, and sunglasses. They drove black cars, Cadillacs, I think. They looked like human beings, but their skin was somewhat transparent. You could see the veins in their hands very clearly. Their fingers were longer than a normal person's finger as well. Daddy shook hands with them, and he said they were awkward and shaking hands. They seemed to not know what to do or how to shake a hand. One of the cars would follow us around. There were three men in the car. The MIB went so far as to follow us through a drive-thru of a restaurant. We were afraid to turn around and look in the mirror at them. That's a little creepy. Mm -hmm. Why are you so obsessed with me? Right? I could totally see them being like aliens and... You know, they're interested in, like, paranormal phenomena here for whatever reason. So I could see that being plausible. Uh, Yeah. So, as we mentioned, John Keel earlier, you know, who wrote The Mothman Prophecies, it is reported that he would chase the men in black in an attempt to confront them. He had the local police in many towns looking for them. When he was in West Virginia and Ohio, people would alert him of MIB sightings. And he'd race over to the location, but they would be gone by the time he got there. John Keel also said that the men in black were mainly reported to drive black Cadillacs. And that was until he started doing articles about the men in black driving these cars, at which point they were said to have switched to Volkswagens. The cars they would drive often had license plates that had never been issued to anyone. Come on, people. Wake up, sheeple. Exactly what I was just about to say. One afternoon in spring of 1967, John Keel and a female friend were walking along 42nd and 3rd Avenue, New York, when a stranger with a pointed face deliberately took a photo of them and then turned and ran away. The man was wearing a poorly fitting sports jacket and slacks. Yeah, I mean, he must be famous somewhere in the tabloids in some alien newspaper uh-huh. or something. Seriously, right? Like, this fucker figured us out. <laughs> <laughs> But that's enough for the Men in Black now. We'll talk more in depth about them on the many various cases that they've showed up to, showed up for, threatened people for, and all that good stuff. A lot of shenanigans. Tomfoolery, too. (laughs) Just a little nerd tidbit. The silence from Doctor Who is kind of supposed to, like, mimic the Men in Black. So... You know how you're supposed to just forget about the men in black whenever you see them. That's what the silence does is as soon as you turn, you don't remember seeing them. So 
Is this what happens to me every time I leave a room? <laughs> Amen. I'm like, the silence is near. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Now, okay. You got to love a town that sees an opportunity to make money and run with it. That's ex- <laughs> exactly what Point Pleasant has done. And I don't fault them at all. There are so many Mothman related things you can do there. And I love it. I'm here for it. Road trip. Yeah, seriously, I'm down. Um, The first one and the most, not the most notable, but one of the most notable is the Mothman Festival. And it started back in 2002. And it's held the third weekend of every September in downtown Point Pleasant, West Virginia. It is located next to the Mothman Museum and the Mothman statue. That's right, I said the Mothman statue. Get to that in a second. The festivals <laughs> feature a wide variety of vendors, guest speakers, live music, food, and events for all ages. People from all around the world come to experience the unique atmosphere and learn more about the Mothman. According to the event organizer Jeffrey Wamsley, the average attendance of the Mothman Festival is an estimated ten to 12,000 people per year. They do pretty damn good. Um, and then here comes the statue, baby. Uh, a 12-foot metallic statue of the creature was created by artist and sculptor Bob Roach, and it was unveiled in 2003. This thing is beautiful, and that Mothman got cake. <laughs> His badonkadonk is thick. He's a thick boy. Mm. Mm, he got them thickums. And one thing I loved is, in 2020, a petition was created to replace all Confederate Army statues with the Mothman. And I will sign that, even though I'm not a resident, I will approve. Agreed. I am all for that. <laughs> Um, there's also the Mothman Museum and Research Center, which opened in 2005. And you can go there and scope out the world's only Mothman Museum. And you can shop from the largest collection of Mothman souvenirs and memorabilia. So, yeah, you can get some Mothman merch. It's yeah. situated on the Ohio River in Point Pleasant, West Virginia, of course, which is a small town with a population of only 5,000 people. Holy shit, I just realized that means their town doubles in size when... Yeah. Wow, good Isn't for them. <laughs> Get it. Um, it. So it says, um, and this is from their website, it says, visiting our town's main street is like stepping into a time warp to when life was much simpler. Many of the buildings still look the same as they did in the early 1900s, and the streets are littered with mom-and-pop shops, eateries, museums, and a historic, and some say haunted, hotel, a vintage movie theater that dates back to the 40s, a state park where the Battle of Point Pleasant took place, and riverfront amphitheater where beautiful sunsets and historic fine art murals can be seen on the mighty Ohio River. I know. I was like, uh-huh. <laughs> that's definitely up our alley. It really is. These are just a few of the things that add to the quaint and charming character of our town. Point Pleasant is the heartbeat of small town Americana, rich in American history with a twist of the paranormal. Mothman sightings may be rare in our modern day, but the hospitality shown to those who visit us isn't. Yeah, it sounds pretty cool. I saw a bunch of the pictures on their website, and it just seems like a good time. Like, they have, like, mothman sheeped ice cream bars and pancakes and all that stuff. I'm like, that's cool. I love it. We need to go. Road trip, baby. Hell yeah. So, before I forget, guys, there is one more culture phenomenon that uh, we forgot to mention. Um, when I was trying to look up some mothman stuff the thing that kept popping out was Mothman from Fallout 76. Oh, right. (laughs) I just remembered it while we were closing up everything. And my brother and my brother-in-law and one of my other friends helped me do that so I can see it. And I'm very thankful to them. It was amazing. I loved it. You get to take pictures with the Mothman and stuff. And he's friendly in the game. And it's just, it's adorable and cute. And I love it. I mean, isn't he friendly in real life too? He's just trying to warn you of something bad that's going to happen. That's true. He never attacked anyone. He's just being a friend. He's, he's just misunderstood. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, we need to make a shirt that says that. Mothman. Just misunderstood. Merch idea. <laughs> write that one down. Write that one down. Write it down. I'll, I'll put it. I will put it down. <laughs> well, I had a blast. Like I said, the Mothman holds a special place in my heart. Um, just like a lot of these episodes do. But, you know, whatever. <laughs> It's almost like we talk about stuff that we like. That's crazy. <laughs> Who does that? Um, yeah, I didn't know much about it. I just knew it creeped me out. Um, so that was really cool to like find out all these other things. All other things. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys remember to follow us on Twitter. Our Instagram and website are still work in progress. Um, but yeah, just stay tuned for that. And then eventually we'll also have some stuff up there like some shirts kind of like this one saying you know mothman just misunderstood yeah so that's um we own that right now so nobody can take it thanks <laughs> <laughs> so uh you ready to get the flock out of here roxy <laughs> yeah let's uh blow this joint you know like tnt area yeah, you like, get it. Yeah, yeah, like the birds Mothman got cake. His <laughs> badonk donk is thick. He's a thick boy. Mm. Mm, he got them thickums.